What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 10 After 7 podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. Yes, you heard that correctly. You're listening to the 10 After 7 podcast. I'm back from the dead, and I'm here to deliver episode 51. So let's get things started. Let's shout out the number 51 that we will never forget, a part of the Los Angeles Dodgers World Series championship team in 2020. How many different times did Dave Roberts walk out to the mound and call upon Dylan Floro to get big outs and big moments last October? And in particular, Dylan Floro was called upon once again in Game 6, the World Series clincher, and he delivered once again past the baton that ultimately ended up to Julio Urias, who got the final out to end the 32-year World Series drought in Los Angeles. The rest is history. Dylan Floro was traded this offseason to the Miami Marlins. He got his ring a few weeks ago when the Marlins came to town, but we will never forget how many times Dylan Floro came up big in the 2020 postseason run for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So now you're probably wondering, Cody, where the hell have you been? How come you haven't posted a podcast in months? Have you just been sitting on your ass watching sports, but you don't have the energy to come on and talk about it? Let me lay it all out there for you. I decided this past year I'd go back to school. I took a couple of classes this past semester. One was philosophy. One was statistics. I never thought in a million years I would go back to school, let alone take a math class. But I absolutely bent that thing over. A couple of Sundays ago, the final exam rolled around. I was pretty nervous. I had a B throughout the entire semester, but I said, damn, if I felt this thing, I'm pretty sure this thing could drop to a D and I'm going to have to take this class again. So I spent 12 hours on a Sunday, cut off contact with every single person I know, didn't take even a look at my TV or phone. I studied for 12 hours straight. And then when I was done studying, I had a beer to cool off. And then at 12 a.m., I said, damn, I think I'm ready to conquer this thing. And an hour and a half later, it turns out I got a 95%, 138 points out of 145. Thank you very much. I was so proud of myself, felt like a million bucks. I stayed up all night and then at 9 a.m. I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the philosophy exam. I'm rolling right now. I got a 94% on that, bent that thing over as well. Got B's in both classes. Got a month of summer to take more classes after that. Let's effing go. So here we are, episode 51, the podcast is back. What do we have to talk about? Right now, we're in the money season of the sports landscape. We've got NBA playoffs going on. We've got NHL playoffs going on. Baseball's right in the thick of things. The Dodgers are looking hella good. And there's only one dude to point at for the Dodgers' recent success. 41-year-old Albert Pujols. Last month, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim decided, you know what, we're going to release the 41-year-old Albert Pujols. And everyone in the baseball world was stunned. How could the Angels do this in his final year? You can't let a legend go out this way. And there was real discussions about he might actually end his career being released by the Angels. No team's going to pick him up. His old manager, Tony La Russa, who's older than shit, with the White Sox said, yeah, we don't have a place for him. Rightfully so, they're a good team. But there was one team that came to the rescue. Andrew Friedman and the Los Angeles Dodgers front office, the best in the game. Every single thing they touch turns to gold. And they said, this 41-year-old Albert Pujols still has something to offer. Whether it's in the lineup every day or just simply stepping in the clubhouse, every single guy, 1 through 26, is going to look up to this guy. Because at one point in another, these guys thought Albert Pujols was a god. First ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe one of the best right-handed hitters to ever live. 
And the Dodgers were through a rough stretch at that point. They were 5-15. and 15. Corey Seager had just broken his wrist. He was going to be out to be shelved with Cody Bellinger and Zach McKentry. It was rough watching the Dodgers earlier this season. They seemed to be kicking the ball everywhere. They seemed to not even hit the ball out of the infield. The only thing that was working was the starting rotation, but they couldn't find a way to win. And they were losing to subpar teams. So when they signed Albert Pujols, I was ecstatic. Low risk, high reward. Dodgers are going to pay him the league minimum, 420 k while the Angels are on the hook for 30 mil. Let's go. And he's been in the lineup a lot more than I expected because of injuries. And he's delivered. Up and down, you hear the interviews. Justin Turner says, it's just been a better clubhouse with Albert Pujols in it. He's got so much to offer. He's been in this game forever. And since then, the Dodgers won 13 in the last 15. They were on an eight-game winning streak. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They just went into Houston. The Houston Trastros, who decided, hey, we're going to go full capacity for the first time when the Dodgers come to town. Bad idea. Because Dodger fans traveled in bunches, and they let those Astro players hear it in their own goddamn stadium. But Albert Pujols loved the signing. If you don't think he has something to offer, you're batshit crazy because the guy has been in baseball as long as some of us have been alive. And another reason for the Dodgers' success. Let's shout out the hill that I was going to die on one way or another. I was going to back Kenley Jansen till my death, and Dave Roberts has really backed him along the way as well. He towed the line of not losing respect for Kenley Jansen but still putting him out in situations that he probably shouldn't have been out last year. But the, probably the best managing job Dave Roberts has done is tow that line and actually pivot to Julio Urias in the biggest moments last postseason when Julio was the guy that was going to get the best outs and the most important outs for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And that Kenley Jansen stock is taking off. We're going to the moon, baby. He's been lights out this season. He's hitting 96 miles per hour consistently. He's shutting the door every single time they call upon him in the ninth inning. And he looks as good as ever. He just became the third closer in MLB history of most saves with one single team. And the Dodgers, Dave Roberts has said it every single time he stepped to a microphone when Kenley Jansen gets brought up. The Dodgers are at their best when Kenley Jansen's at his best because it's plain and simple. The Dodgers have the most feared lineup when healthy. They have the best starting rotation in baseball when healthy, probably when not healthy because they got three or four guys that are top of the rotation guys anywhere else. But the final three outs are the most important in baseball. We all know that. We all have been through moments when the shaky bullpens have us sweating. And it's not fun to watch baseball when you have a shaky bullpen. But when that ball has gone to Kenley Jansen this year in the year 2021, he has come up just as he did when he was in his prime a few years ago. And he's in the final year of his contract. And if he pitches like this into October, I'll be happy, more than happy than anyone else for this guy. Because you kind of felt bad last year when Kenley Jansen, who's been a part of the Dodgers' core as long as anyone else besides Clayton Kershaw, when he didn't get called upon to get those final outs in the World Series. And I hope to God he's as consistent as he is right now in October because I want that dude to be on the mound to get the final out when the Dodgers repeat in the year 2021. Let's go. And right now, the Dodgers, as hot as they've been, the San Diego Padres have been hotter, and they have the best record of baseball at 32-18. and 18. That was the team that was supposed to be the competitor to the Dodgers in the NL West. It turns out the NL West is the best division in baseball two months into the season. 
Padres at the top, 32 and 18. Dodgers right behind them at 30 and 19. And the team they just swept this past weekend in San Francisco has identical record to the Los Angeles Dodgers. How long the Giants will be there, I don't know. But the NL West has proved a lot of people wrong to start with. And the Dodgers, when they get healthy, Bellinger's coming back this weekend. Zach McKentry's supposed to come back this weekend. Maybe Corey Seager in another month. Watch out. I'm not worried. Other news in baseball. Can we talk about Shohei Otani? Last year, in the 62-game shortened season, I picked Otani to be the MVP. Because we really knew Otani's value is going to be better than anyone else's, more valuable than anyone else when he pitches every fifth day, but we didn't think he was going to be this good. I mean, that was a long shot when I threw him out for the MVP last year, but what he's done this year... Leading the big leagues with home runs, 15. And he doesn't just hit home runs. He hits tanks. He's been as advertised. His pitching probably walks a little bit, walks too many guys. But he has a sub-3 ERA when he's on the mound. And how the Angels are still five games below 500 is just absolutely disgusting. I mean, we were hashtagging free Mike Trout. To get him off the Angels so we could get him into a postseason. Now it's going to be free Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. I feel bad. I, I don't even feel bad for Angels fans. They talk too much to feel bad for them. But how you have two of the most feared hitters in baseball. Trout's out right now, granted. But how you have two of the most feared hitters in baseball. And one that also pitches and throws 100 miles per hour. And with a filthy splitter. I don't know how you don't win games. Baseball's hard. That's basically how it can be summed up. And that's baseball right now. We're only in the month of May. Dodgers are hot. They'll only get hotter. I'm glad that 5-15 and 15 stretch is over. And right now, San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers, I've talked about it enough on this podcast, rivalry or not, you love to watch those teams go head-to-head. And they've gone head-to-head and had some absolute thrillers to start this season. Now let's get into the NBA. Right now, in the NBA... There's something we have to take into account. I don't think it's good for basketball that the Brooklyn Nets team is this fucking good. I don't think it's good. The Brooklyn Nets traded for James Harden after he got fat and made his way out of Houston. Basically said, I quit. The Brooklyn Nets, the team that everyone thought he was going to get traded to because he's buddies with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, he got traded to. So there's one. And in basketball, it may not be hard. I just said baseball's hard because you look at two of the best players in baseball with Mike Trout and Shelly Altani, and they're probably on the worst team in baseball. And in basketball, you have the best players on one team. We've seen it time and time again. It seems to always work out. And right now, the Brooklyn Nets are rolling through the Boston Celtics. They're likely to roll through the entire Eastern Conference Final on the way to the NBA Finals. And I'm not sure anyone could beat them. The only thing that the Brooklyn Nets right now are competing against is the Los Angeles Lakers of the 2000s when Shaq and Kobe only lost one game on the way to an NBA championship. That's how dominant they've looked. And I don't think it's good for the game when a team could just absolutely appear out of nowhere And they're immediately the favorites. If there's any team that's going to knock them off, it was going to be the Lakers. That's the NBA Finals. Every NBA fan right now should be anticipating. And the Lakers and Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they're tied 1-1 right now at the Phoenix Suns. 
They lost game one. Chris Paul seems to be injured, so that could be the upper hand for the Lakers. They return home tonight to take a 2-1 series lead. And I don't think any team in basketball is going to knock down the Brooklyn Nets unless it's the Los Angeles Lakers, and Los Angeles Lakers have to look better than they've looked at the start of these playoffs. And I would love a Lakers in that series. Seriously, that's what the NBA has to hope for. And I think the majority of people, for as much hate as the Lakers and Lakers fans get, I think majority of people have to root for the Lakers against the Nets. No one wants that Nets team to win. They can't. Simply based off of, they signed Blake Griffin, who was bought out by the Detroit Pistons. Seems to have something left. He's still one of my favorite players ever. But James Harden, the way he left Houston, eating his way out of Houston to play with his friends in Brooklyn, and they all didn't play too many games together, and they're appearing to be the absolute juggernaut that we expect them to be. Basketball is looking far too easy to set, set up a championship. Seriously. I didn't watch a lot of the regular season. I think that's an entirely other issue with the NBA regular season. Too many players sit out. I mean, the MVP was given a jokage this year. Rightfully so. He had a phenomenal year. But literally... A lot of people said that Jokic played enough games, more than enough games to get the MVP because MB didn't play enough. Curry was out for a bit. Curry had an amazing year. Too bad he's out of the playoffs because the NBA created a play-in tournament. But yes, the regular season's a whole nother discussion. But Lakers-Nets, that's the finals we want. Another NBA topic. Those Los Angeles Clippers. Do you believe in curses? Because if you don't believe in curses, just look at the Los Angeles Clippers and that's one that you will believe. Think about how awful that franchise has been over the last, I don't know how many years. The Donald Sterling fiasco. Lob City was good, not great. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George get together last year. Disappoint everyone with their bubble performance. Had a 3-1 lead over the Nuggets, gave that away. Luka Doncic took them to seven games in the first round. And Luka Doncic has given them the absolute business through the first two games going down 2-0 to the Dallas Mavericks. And I don't think the Clippers win this series. The Clippers, who avoided the Lakers, they purposely lost the final game of their season so they would find themselves on the opposite side of the Lakers in the bracket so the one time they'd have to face them is the Western Conference Finals, and it looks like those Clippers aren't even going to reach the Western Conference Final. Luka Doncic is the most enjoyable player to watch, and the way he's picked apart the Los Angeles Clippers through these first two games is something in itself. I mean, he is a spitting image of so many different basketball players put into one. He seems a step slower than everyone else, but it appears he's a step faster. He absolutely put up a third, I think he had 39 in game two. And if you look around Luka Doncic, that dude just makes everyone better. So if there's a team to come out of the West, the team I'm rooting for, I want to see Luka Doncic play more basketball. So yes, I want him to beat the Clippers. Yes, I want him to play in a potential Western Conference final against the Lakers because they also avoided the Lakers. So those are my thoughts on the NBA playoffs right now. Lakers-Nets final. Clippers are cursed. And if they lose this uh, first round exit, will Kawhi Leonard stay in L.A.? That'll be the talk. Who knows what Kawhi is going to do? It's even hard to guess what Kawhi Leonard will do. He'll probably re-up with the Clippers, run it back, and they probably won't find themselves again in the Western Conference Final. They've never been there in franchise history, and it looks like it's going to repeat itself. NHL. What do I have to say about the NHL? Simply, I don't watch the NHL. 
I've watched a few games, the ones that have gone into overtime. It's fun to bet on. Playoff hockey is great to watch when you have a team to root for. The Los Angeles Kings haven't been good, and I don't know how long. So I'm really not watching. I've heard a lot about it. If I'm going to put my name in a hat for a team to root for, it's my Carolina Canes. I'm a lifelong Carolina Canes fan. I've got my... uh, First of all, I do have a Carolina Canes t-shirt, so I will rep the Carolina Canes. But also, I have a Hartford Whalers hat who were disbanded and became the Carolina Canes. So that's my connection with the Carolina Canes. I don't know where they're at against Nashville, but hey, that's my team in the NHL playoffs. When the Stanley Cup comes around, I may watch, but that's a very, they say baseball's a regional sport. Hockey might be even more regional because I'm not watching any team unless it's the Kings. And I don't know how far off the Kings are. I need a hockey person to come on this podcast and tell me if the Kings will be in the playoffs in maybe the next five years because I don't have a goddamn clue. And the NFL, there is NFL news, believe it or not. Of course there's NFL news. It's a 12-month year-round sport. And right now the biggest news coming out of the NFL, it's either Aaron Rodgers not showing up for off-season workouts. Does he want to be traded? Does he not want to be traded? There's rift in that franchise with him and the GM. There were reports out that he didn't want to come back to Green Bay unless the GM was fired. I don't know who to believe. Off-season workouts aren't mandatory. So yes, Aaron Rodgers is having a good time in Hawaii with his fiance and Miles Teller, the actor. I don't know how that's a hangout crew, but I guess it is. And if you're a Packer fan, you got to be shitting yourself. My brother Dylan's a Packer fan. He tries to deny that he's not nervous, that Aaron Rodgers could potentially be traded. Ronnie Clark, my good friend's a Packers fan. He's kind of down on the Packers right now. I mean, the only thing coming out of the Packers camp right now is Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be there. The Packers say they're not going to trade him. I don't know if they do. They'd be idiotic to trade him. Admit that you drafted Jordan Love. It was the wrong decision. Paid Aaron Rodgers his money and try to win a goddamn Super Bowl because you've come up short the last two years and it's mainly because your defense can't stop Anyone. And then the other news in the NFL, Julio Jones, one of the best receivers in the game for probably the last decade. Will the Atlanta Falcons trade him? They drafted Kyle Pitts with a fourth overall pick, who everyone thinks is going to be the next Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey. I don't even know how you can say that. As a rookie who hasn't played a snap, but you think the tight end Kyle Pitts is going to be the greatest tight end because those two guys are Hall of Fame tight ends. But anyways, Julio Jones is on the trade block, apparently. The Falcons want a first-round pick for him. And Shannon Sharp on the show Undisputed on Fox Sports 1 with Skip Bayless, that scumbag, decided, hey, we're going to call Julio Jones because Shannon Sharp's boys with Julio. Calls Julio Jones on air. Julio appears to not know he's on air. Says, I'm out of there. They ask him if Dallas is the place to be. He says, nah, I'm not about that. But he did say, I'm out of here. But hey, now Fox Sports 1 is in a juggle. Because this is a two-party state and you have to have consent to be on the other line. And Julio Jones didn't seem to know that he was on air and Shannon Sharp, big oof there. Tried to show off that him and Julio are boys. Skip Bayless looked like a three-year-old all giddy that they got Julio on the phone and he was asking questions because he's a douchebag Cowboys fan. It was kind of a cringe thing to happen on live television. And Julio's my guy. I don't know if they trade him. I would be a team to give up a first-round pick for Julio Jones. The destination for Julio, I guess the Titans are out there. Long shot, Diana Rossini says of ESPN. 
a team has offered a first-round pick, who's it going to be? Will it be the Green Bay Packers? Because that's what Aaron Rodgers wants, apparently. He wants more control over personnel decisions. Can you imagine Julio Jones on the opposite side of Devontae Adams in Green Bay? That would probably be the best wide receiver duo in the game. But do the Packers have enough? Will it be the Chargers who have the most cap room to try to add Julio Jones? The Chargers are a fringe team right now. A lot of people have high expectations for them with Justin Herbert and Derwin James coming back. A pretty good defense. New head coach Brandon Staley came over from the Rams. Great defensive-minded coach. The Chargers look like a good team that if they add Julio Jones, watch out. So those are the rumors circling around the NFL. And of course, if you know me, I've always been a Tim Tebow stand. And the fact that we're still talking about Tim Tebow and it actually has something to do with the NFL is pretty wild. Urban Meyer has given Tim Tebow a chance to come back eight years removed from the game to play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, 90-man rosters. Of course, Tim Tebow's at OTAs because why the hell would he not? He's the hardest worker in the room. Will people look at him sideways because he got a shot over another guy? That's the discussion. Does he deserve it? Who the hell cares? If I'm Tim Tebow and my coach, Urban Meyer, who was my coach in college, says, calls me up and says, hey, I know you haven't played in 33 years, but hey, not 33 years, I don't know why I said that, eight years, but do you want to come in and try to make the team as a tight end position you've never played before? Tim Tebow's probably like, yeah, I just retired from baseball, I'm on TV, I'm still making a little bit of money, but football? I get a chance to play football again in the NFL? Yes, I'm going to take that opportunity. So I guess we'll find out if Tim Tebow at the end of the day is on an NFL roster when the season starts. Who the hell knows? I have no idea. I hope the Jaguars are the team on hard knocks because that would be something they would absolutely love to show Tim Tebow with his shirt off or just in the, in the room with other guys giving him pump-up speeches. It has hard knocks written all over it. I guess the Jaguars can decide if they want to be on hard knocks. I'm guessing the owner is all for it because the Jaguars are a pretty eh franchise. First round pick, Trevor Lawrence, came on Dan Patrick. He's not, he has no, he's kind of indifferent about Tim Tebow being there, hardest worker in the room, he says. But anyways, that's the NFL. Tim Tebow, Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers, month of May, what else? It's the gift that keeps on giving. But anyways, that's it. That's all I have for you. I'm back from the dead doing the podcast. Thank you very much. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 after 7 or on the Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Woo! Go Dodgers.